we're so influenced by external factors every minute of every single day. And when you can just come back to yourself, I think that is so important for making yourself feel okay and in control and in your power. Um, And just like getting closer to, you know, like knowing yourself and what you need in those moments. Welcome to the Joy of Being podcast, where we believe that true happiness is found in stripping down life's distractions and discovering how to live in the present. The journey to cultivating a present life is a constant pursuit influenced by how we choose to show up for ourselves in health, relationships, and careers. This space is dedicated to sharing our personal experiences and conversations with women whose stories inspire our journey. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Joy of Being podcast. I am your co-host, Julia Shalant, with my best friend, Brittany. Um, we are back, finally, after um, being kind of absent for the last few weeks um, on this platform. A lot's been going on. There's been a lot of life transitions and things that are happening. So, We are back and we are here today to just talk about life and what's been happening and, you know, really want to maybe explore grief a little bit more as some of the things that are happening in our lives are uh, pushing us to do so. So Brittany is with me today. We are so happy to be here. I'm so excited um, to just have another chat with my best friend. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, everybody. Yes. Thank you, Julia. Um, yeah, I'm excited too. I, again, this is just going to be like another catch up episode. And honestly, I'm so grateful for it because as Julia mentioned, so much has happened. I mean, the last episode that we did was a catch up episode, but then within the last two to three weeks, so much has happened where life kind of had to pause, uh, especially for me. So here we are again, catching up on life because it just keeps happening. And yeah, I'm kind of just excited for just a conversation with Julia as we always do and processing of all of the things I've been feeling the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And we, the last time we did our podcast um, was, I think it was a Monday as well. And we had a lot of aspirations after that podcast. We always get so energized and excited when we do them because it's where we find a lot of joy and that afternoon, that same afternoon, a big, a big moment happened in Brittany's life. And do you want to talk, Britt, about kind of like what happened that afternoon, if you felt comfortable? Yeah, of course. Um, it's life. So I definitely want to share. Um, yeah, as Julia said, we had like a really good episode. and We were super energized to just, you know, start recording more. And um, it's kind of ironic and I'll get into this a little bit more later, but yeah. So we did the podcast recording the afternoon or midday and then, you know, I went about my day and decided to go to a breath work and meditation workshop in the evening, probably like around six o'clock. And when I got out, I had a bunch of missed phone calls and I received the unfortunate news that my grandmother passed away. Um, so it was, very sudden and very startling to say the least. Um, And it was just kind of crazy because Julia and I spoke on the last podcast about her grandmother dying. 
And we touched on grief a little bit. And that was the exact same day that my grandma passed away. So it was really ironic to kind of process and digest that entire day going from, you know, speaking about the grief that I had been through already. And, you know, the process that you're going through, Julia, and your family. Mm -hmm. And then for my grandma to pass away that evening, it was just like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. So I've just kind of been in this, as most of you may know, when you lose a loved one, it's kind of just this time really does stop, you know, Mm -hmm. this weird space where you have to go through the motions of like your initial grief and planning the services and all of those things. And my grandmother lived in New Mexico and I live in Texas. And so uh, my sister and I had to do a couple of trips throughout the whole process. So it just really put a pause on life for, I think it's been three weeks now, mm-hmm. um, almost three weeks. And yeah, still very much in the phase of acceptance, you know, and yeah. really trying to wrap my mind around all of the things that have happened the last couple of weeks. So it's been a lot. <laughs> yes. And I, we talked about it Um, or we do talk about it a lot and I have been experiencing it too, is just what I'm calling like the human experience. And it's really this, this pendulum of really like really contradictory emotions happening at the same time. Like you can be grieving and like still find love. Like we talked about how Brittany it's grieving the loss of her grandmother who was such an important figure in her life. And yet she feels like so much love at the same time because she did take the time to spend with her grandma and like they did have tradition and they like built all these great memories. So like grief is such an interesting place because it's just love that has nowhere to go, but it's just love. That's what it is. It's it's loving someone so much that, you know, not being able to hear their voice or see them anymore, that's the grief that we feel like tangibly in our body. And I felt it like that afternoon when Brittany called me. Um, again, as like we talk about being really connected to friendships and human beings, like I just felt her so much. And yeah. It's just the human experience is weird. It's it's hard. It's life. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it is. And it's interesting when you look back on, you know, the different experiences. And, you know, I mentioned in the, the last time we spoke about it, you know, I lost my mom, I lost my brother, and then now my grandma. And it's like every time that I've I've been through this, it's been a little bit different. And I think I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned a lot about grief and a a lot more about myself in grief. And yeah, like you said, it is, it is a different experience this time because I had so many amazing memories with them and so much amazing time with my grandma and Mm -hmm. spent that time. And, you know, she was just, she was always there. She was like your cheerleader. I remember like way back when I first met like pageant days, like 10, 15 years ago, she was there. Like she always just showed up, Grandma Jen. She was. Yeah. You know, I lost my mom at 16. So this is my mother's mother. And, you know, she was our only elder. She was my last elder. And that part has been really hard to 
take in because she has been, you know, the one person who I look to for advice. And, you know, she was kind of like this, this wealth of knowledge and all knowing, I swear you could tell that woman anything. And she knew the ins and outs and the backstory and how to do it or how to fix it. And so, you know, she, she really has just been a really solid constant in my life. Um, even, I mean, even prior to my mom passing away, she was, you know, but we were really bonded in the loss of my mom. Um, mm-hmm. And when I say we, I mean, my sister, myself and my grandma. And so, you know, the years, the past 18 years, it's been about 18 years since my mom passed away. And it's just been us three. And it's yeah. been a lot of, yeah, our own traditions, you know, holidays are always spent with my grandma, we never missed holidays with her. And, you know, everything I know, and every part of the woman that I am today is because of my grandma. Yeah. So it is, it's really beautiful to reflect back on all the things that I've been able to learn from her and experience with her. And yes, she was my biggest cheerleader, you know, like I, when I was going through pictures, it's so funny that you mentioned pageants because I competed in so many, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so many of my pictures are at pageants and so me and her, me, her and my sister. And I laughed and told my sister, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so many pageant pictures. And she's like, but that was the one event that like we came together for yeah, every year because you competed every year. And I like kind of made a joke at her memorial service and was like, <laughs> yeah, it's because she was hoping that one year I, I would win and she wouldn't have to keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and I never won. <laughs> was, but, but she, she kept still, on coming back. <laughs> yes, she was still there supporting me so like Brittany you like great you are cut from the same cloth as this woman that is so fucking amazing and like incredible in all these ways like that's just to think about it in a way that is empowering versus sad that's when I don't know yeah that's when you can be grateful honestly and I mean don't get me wrong there's a lot of sadness And just like knowing that like, I won't be able to (laughs) experience her presence any longer, you know, because she was so dynamic. She was a force, you know, she just, she taught me everything about being independent and, you know, supporting myself and um, knowing who I am and standing on my own two feet. And that's who she was. And so I was always really scared to disappoint her and I always really wanted her to be proud of me. Um, and I think she was, um, but it's, yeah, it's just incredible. And, and grief is such a funny thing. And I'm in the beginning stages of this specific experience, but I can say that I'm just thankful that after doing this two other times that I feel obviously incredibly sad that she's no longer here, but also really grateful for the time spent with her and the memories and the pictures and the videos and all of those things that I was able to learn from her because man, life is just so fleeting. Yeah. Just like that. He can be gone. And like, what would you tell somebody who's listening? Like, what did you learn in the last three weeks about you know, loss or like, how do you, how does somebody get through grief of 
a loss, a loved one, like how have you been moving through any advice or any? I can try. <laughs> I Like I said before, grief is so complex and I think it is heavily reliant on where you stood with the person in your life that has passed. But generally speaking, you know, I think it, for me, it has always been very helpful to focus on the good things, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's where our minds want to go anyways, but I've been able to, you know, like pull out pictures from my camera roll that I hadn't seen in years and, you know, like really appreciate those memories and like go back and spend time in those moments, Mm -hmm. you know, and like thinking about just the little moments that I had with my grandma, her and I cooked a lot together and there were certain things that she would have me do for her. And, you know, same thing with my sister. My sister had her own role with my grandma too, but it's like remembering those little moments. And like, those are the things that bring me like comfort and like a smile. Cause I can remember my grandma or like look at videos and like those things make me smile. So I think just trying to focus as, as much as you can on like those really good memories and, and the grief of losing someone like gently forces you to reflect on your whole relationship with them in good ways and in bad ways and make peace with it. And like, you know, I was listening to another podcast and this woman had lost her father and, you know, she wrote a letter to her dad and like needed to get things off of her mind that she wanted to tell him. And so I think that, you know, in that reflection, anyone who's going through grief, allowing yourself to reflect and let go and like make peace. Yeah. And I think the reflection part of it is so important. And, and like you mentioned last time uh, we spoke about this uh, when losing your grandma, that, you know, you and your brother and your dad and your aunt were like sharing pictures and, you know, like remembering Mm -hmm. her life. And it was the same experience for us. You know, we're going through all of these photo albums and pulling out pictures of her life, pictures I have never seen before, you know, mm-hmm. like super cool pictures from my grandma's youth and her first marriage. And, you know, my mom when she was younger and even pictures of us. And it's just really cool oh. to look back and reflect on, on someone's life. And we were pulling all these photos together to make a video. And it's like, how do you put someone's life in like, 10 to 15 minute video. It's, it's impossible. And I think it's, I don't know, but anyways, that part is really cool because I don't know, I guess you just don't get super curious. And if you do get curious while you still have your loved one here, I mean, that's great for you. And I mean, I did spend a lot of time with my grandma going through like family trees because she was like the historian person in our family. She has, yeah. So she has like, everybody has a photo album. So there was one of my mom of her (laughs) brother. My grandma had one, like me and my sister have one of us when we were kids and, you know, even her second marriage and like all of his extended family, like they all have albums. So it was just kind of cool to see like that she really valued like the history of our family. Mm -hmm. And so that reflection part, I think has just been really uplifting in a time of sadness because it's cool just to see the life that she lived. Yeah. I think another piece of advice that I can give is to just allow 
life to pause and like be in that space of feeling what it is to lose somebody, you know, and Julia and I spoke about this um, on a phone call, but we only allow ourselves like whatever the amount of time it takes to get the funeral planned or the services planned, and then you move on to normal life. And this was my first week back in Austin since my grandma's services and everybody, you know, is checking on me and asking me how I am. And I mean, I'm doing good, but I'm trying to integrate back into normal life, but it's almost like this weird space and time where you're like, yeah, you're in this like limbo of grief and trying to keep moving your life forward. But it's like, but no, I'm not ready to like move on or lose this person or let this go or whatever, because I don't want to, but it's such a, yeah, it's an interesting process of healing. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I'm trying to give, take my own advice and give myself that space where, you know, I know that I've been through this grieving process for the last three weeks. Um, and you know, I think at some point people are like, okay, look, time to get back to normal life. Like they probably won't keep checking on you much longer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It starts to, starts to dwindle. Yeah. So that part, that part is interesting, but I mean, that's okay. Like you can still be in that space of feeling the heaviness of the loss and processing all of that or digesting it really. And trying to figure out what life looks like moving forward without that person in it, you know? And I think that part, the realization of that has been the hard part for me because so many of my choices and my traditions were embedded in my grandmother, you know? So moving forward, I don't really have any super close family in New Mexico. So I went back home to New Mexico to see my grandma, to spend time with her for every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. Um, For her birthday, I would go, you know, like whenever we could, especially since moving to Texas. So now that looks really different for my sister and I, and, you know, we'll make our own traditions and we'll continue on the things that she taught us. But I think that part of just trying to figure out what life looks like from here and integrating like back into what I was doing, but also still knowing that she's no longer here to, you know, be a part of it. That part is weird. Mm -hmm. and. So I'm just trying to be in this space right now. And, you know, Julie and I constantly remind ourselves to be in the present moment and Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be where your feet are. And so that's truly what I'm doing. And, you know, just leaning on my sister, you know, she is the closest person to me. And it's been an experience that we can really rely on each other through. And that's been super just, I don't know, makes me feel lighter, makes me feel understood. And, you know, we can just rely on each other and just be in each other's presence and just know that like, we're both feeling this and we both had this bond with my grandmother and like, now we can carry that on, you know? So I think that's my, probably not the best of advice because it's not even advice, just like your experience and someone is going to relate to it or feel like they can move forward a little bit if they're going through something. I think it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. I hope so. And I mean, like I said before, I feel like I I do have a lot to 
share on the topic of grief and it's different every time. So, I mean, maybe from this podcast, like more questions will be asked or we'll feel inspired to share or I will in a different way. But right now, because I think this grief is so fresh for me, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I'm experiencing it all over again. So and yeah. like I said, every time it's it's been different and just moving through it. So I, I hope it's helpful. I hope it's good perspective. I mean, I feel like every time I've been through this, it's, it's brought so uh, many different perspectives. Yeah, clarity. so much clarity and perspective. And I don't know, I think this this one was hard, but also just a shift in my life. Mm-hmm. Like a big shift is happening in my life this year. And I think in losing shifting my grandmother. Shedding. Yeah. Shifting and shedding, definitely. And yeah, I'm just trying to let go and let life happen because it keeps happening. Yeah. But I think we should also talk about therapy and how that has been supporting you through this time too, because I think that you can share some really great insight on how you've been um, like coping with challenging people or coping through this like challenging time and, you know, how you can like be so aware of yourself and when something is being triggered and talking yourself out of that space and um, how that, how therapy has helped you. Yeah, for sure. It's, been the biggest blessing in my life this year. And I'm so thankful that I decided to get a therapist and that I love my therapist so much and that he's been so impactful because had I not been in active therapy since January, I don't think that I would be equipped to handle this in the way that I have. And I think that the the biggest thing that I've learned from him, and I've said this plenty of times before, is that we have to allow ourselves to feel our feelings in the moment. You know, we can't run away from our feelings. And we also have to understand that our feelings come from inside our own bodies. They come from us, not from other people. And so yes, once I really grasped that concept earlier this year, it has allowed me to really be more understanding of where people are at in their lives and in my own, obviously, and kind of disassociate and disconnect when there's conflict because I can take a step back and think and note that those feelings are their feelings. They're not because of me, you know, like sure we're in conflict and certain actions have made people feel a certain type of way, but those are still not my feelings and my feelings are not their feelings. So having that ability to disassociate and look at myself and be like, okay, why is this person making me feel rejected or not worthy or whatever the word is or whatever the feeling is and dissect where that is coming from? Because that's my feeling. Sure. They're bringing it out by an action that they're doing, but that's my feeling. Like that came from If something they're doing makes you mad, that's not about them. That's about you. Absolutely. So, you know, throughout this year, I've faced a couple of challenges and conflicts with people and, you know, 
in leading up to losing my grandma, I've just had never felt more equipped to be in my own body and with my own feelings and truly understand that like, all I can control is myself and I can't control other people. All I can, and I, I just have to react in a different way. And so I think having that ability to disassociate has been life-changing for me. And it's definitely not been easy because our immediate reaction is always to defend. And we always want to explain ourselves and why we did things or why they shouldn't be mad at us or taking things a certain way or whatever it is, you know, and it just allowed me to kind of like be in my space and like allow life to do what it's doing. And I feel like this year it has been a shift in relationships for me um, and call it like shifting or shedding or whatever it is. And it's, it's interesting, but you just have to let people be. And like, even the situation with my grandma, like this is what the situation is. I'm aware of my feelings and I'm going to sit in these feelings and it may take a little bit longer for me to process, but thankfully I have the tools that my therapist has taught me to deal with the grief and the feeling of grief Mm -hmm. and allowing my body to feel safe in feeling that and not running from it and not distracting myself. Because when I was 16 and I lost my mom, I was a kid, you know, I had no idea what was happening in my life. And then, you know, my brother passed away another 11 years later and I handled it differently at that point. And even then I didn't have the tools to sit in my feelings. It was like, okay, back to normal life, like we were saying. And that was a really traumatic experience for me. And I just went back to normal life and filled my life with busy. Mm -hmm. And because that was what I did, I was a master suppressor ultimately. And so this time around feels a lot healthier. It feels, I feel more peace in it. And Mm -hmm. it's because I'm allowing myself to just be in this space and not run, you know? So that's so good. That's where therapy has gotten me. And I'm just so thankful. Evolution. That's like just getting, that's the work. That's doing the work. It is. And it's definitely not been easy. And I, in, in some of these, situations that I've been in with, you know, whatever confrontation, I actively am aware of what's happening before (laughs) I go to respond. And even though I want to defend and I want to be petty. (laughs) I was going to say, was your initial like old Brittany or like past Brittany would have been super defensive and like smart ass or whatever would have reacted that way, responded that way. Absolutely. Old Brittany would have one felt the need to defend Two, I would have defended myself to the point where like, you probably felt like, I I don't know. I think I just have, my sister tells me this all the time. I have like a way with words where like, I make you feel like you're you're wrong. (laughs) Like I will be right by the end of it. I will make you feel (laughs) like I am right. So yeah, absolutely. That was old Brittany for sure. And I... Because you had what? The need to feel what? Right? Mm -hmm. Right. Or that I wasn't. um, I mean, I think it depends on the situation or that I had to prove whatever something they were saying about me, you know, Um, like, I don't know. It's 
it could be a number of things, but yeah, I had to prove that I was right or that I wasn't the reason for their feeling, you know, or whatever. But, you know, when you defend and it's just, it becomes a cycle because then their anxiety spikes and then they want to defend back and prove their point. And like, we've talked about this before on previous episodes, but yeah. So old Brittany definitely would have fought to get her point across and feel like what I did was valid because of something they did or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just not in that space anymore. Um, I was going to say, what's the, what's the current Brittany? Yeah. The current Brittany, I think is just more aware of other people's feelings as well as my own, mostly my own. And I can take a step back and stop and look at a situation and by no means am I perfect at it. Yeah. I make mistakes all the time and I have to go back and apologize, but <laughs> You know, I am way more aware of the things that are happening in my life and in confrontation and situations and conversation with people. I'm just more aware of where feelings are coming from, from myself and for other people. So I can stop and, you know, make a conscious effort to respond differently Mm -hmm. and not be so reactive because, you know, like this is the misconception. And yes, communication is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And absolutely, we should all communicate. Um, and they people like you know, hear all the time, you know, like communication is a key to healthy relationships. And I do agree to an extent, but I think it's the way in which you are communicating that's even more important. And sometimes not communicating is better. And so if I'm in an argument with my sister and she's saying something and it's triggering me, I can either react to that trigger or I can take a step back in that moment and, you know, choose not to defend myself and just say like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. I will Mm -hmm. try to be better. And it's not easy because we don't want to feel wrong. We don't want to feel like it's our fault. We don't want to, we want to feel validated in our feelings also. Yeah. But it goes back to that. I mean, it's a practice and I've had to practice on it a lot not having the need to defend. And I just don't anymore. And I've found that in that I have so much more peace because Mm -hmm. the minute I go to defend, I'm hoping that that other person will understand what I'm feeling and that I'll feel better. And it's just, it doesn't work that way. They're not going to make you feel better. Only you can do that for yourself. So I've just Mm -hmm. found a lot more peace and call it being the bigger person or just being more aware of all of those mm-hmm. things. And like I said, it's definitely been super challenging because we are just not taught these things. Yeah. We're t- taught a completely different style of communication. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, for me, it's just, it's not about being right all the time anymore. It's about yes. protecting I my protecting your peace. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I read something that um, it said, I don't want to be right. I just want to get it right. (laughs) Like I don't, and it was more work related, like with my coworkers, like I'm not at all at work trying to be right and I'm wrong all day long and that's okay. I don't mind failing. I really don't. And I don't mind apologizing. Like I'm a very open person that way, but trying to get it right too in your own personal life and just saying like, I am not perfect. And that's, again, that's the hard part for people to say. People are insecure to say, I have flaws. I get triggered by X, Y, or Z and that's, you know, so 
yeah, it's mm-hmm. great to have that awareness for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it is, and we all are just like we've said before, doing the best we can. And I think that is where I'm at. Like I am trying to get it right for myself and the people who I choose to have in like my life and my close circle. And I think when you approach your loved ones or people in your life, or even people at work, you know, with an attitude of not being defensive or right. And just trying to, you know, work towards a common goal, which in work, you know, you have common goals in relationships, you have a common goal of, you know, love and all of those things. Like, I think it it just starts to shift. And I don't know, I for me, I feel like I'm finally starting to get it right. Like I said, I'm still a work in progress, but we're not always going to get it right. And that's important mm-hmm. to know too. But your intention though, and if the intention is there, that's the powerful energy is intention. Yeah. And I think it's the intention. I think it's the understanding. You know, my therapist told me this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast yet, but he literally paused during a session and he was like, Brittany, nobody owes you anything. (laughs) And I like was silent. That was like the hardest thing. Yeah, it was the hardest pill for me to swallow. And he like will make me repeat it. And he's like, if you have plans with your sister and she cancels 30 minutes before, does she owe you anything? I'm like, hell yeah, she does. (laughs) Of course she does. But, you know, when you take a step back and look at it, it's like, no, she doesn't owe me anything and I don't owe her anything. And we're all on our own individual human experience doing the best we can. So I think when you can take that approach, life gets a lot simpler and I don't really have as many expectations. Like I said, it's impossible to not have expectations and I'm trying not to. Um, you're letting live. it flow, Britt. What's that? I feel like you're just letting your life flow. I'm trying to get closer to that. And at the beginning of this year, I said my word for the year was alignment. And I really think amongst all of the traumatic things that keep happening in my life, I'm getting closer to that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you really, the goal for me is to be in a space where I don't have expectations and nothing that happens in life can break my peace or break my foundation of who I am what I know of myself, my values, my morals, you know, like, and half the battle is knowing those things about yourself to begin with, but it's been this process of learning. So I feel like six months in, I am definitely getting closer to that and it feels really good. I do feel a lot more peaceful and it's, there's been some sad moments and, you know, like losing people is never easy, whether it's by death or, you know, friend breakups or relationship breakups or whatever it is, but I'm like you said, really trying to be in flow. Yeah. And letting the universe to do it. So in the space where your external factors do not disrupt your internal peace, that is like, that's the goal and it's really challenging, but it is a beautiful space. That's harmony. That's balance. Yes. And it's, it's I I was going to say, I have felt in my life, even through turbulence, I have found moments of like really true, like bliss and happiness and like awe and really happy moments. 
And even if they're short, like even if you only feel good for 30 minutes of the day or, you know, there's a phone call that makes your whole day, like that's, that's okay. If that's all it is, like hold on to the happy moments. Cause we, I think we also assume that everything has to be perfect for us to be happy and that's never going to happen. So if we can find the moments throughout our day that will like fill our battery, like all week last week, I was looking for the good. I said, I'm not going to look for anything bad this week, not even at work, but just in people in general. I'm not going to assume the worst, which is what we always do. And I'm just going to assume everyone's, I had a great week. Yeah. And my mom's like, what's going on? I was like, I'm literally just awareness, awareness of how I let my mind, we let my, let our minds go to the negative or to the, oh, I have to do this or oh, I have to do that to like, oh my God, I get to go do this. Like I was talking to a guest in our glass house, which is gorgeous. And I said, I was like, can you believe they paid me to work here? Like, this is great, right? And we just started laughing because they were like, gosh, you get to look at this every day. And I'm like, I know it's crazy. And so just finding that like happiness instead of looking at something through a negative lens saying like, what is this here to teach me? Why am I here? Yes. And, you know, it goes back to that, you know, we talked about gratitude a lot in the last episode. And I think it really does go back to that. And it's not easy to be grateful. Believe me, I definitely know that. But I was, I'm on like self-development TikTok, no surprise here. But (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way that I feel like TikTok is okay to get on because it's productive. But I was listening to somebody speak about this. um, I think it may have been Joe Dispenza, actually. But Um, speaking about how we're kind of on this like hamster wheel and we get up, we open our eyes in the morning. The first thing we do is we open our phone we check our emails. We get on Instagram. We look at things that make us feel less than or not good enough. Or we compare our lives. Then it's like, Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, let me go get my cup of coffee to make me feel more energized. And, Oh, I have to go to work and deal with that person at work that I don't like. And this traffic sucks. And (laughs) you know, it's like, this is daily for us. Yes. And, and so it's like making that conscious but effort. We're telling and ourselves it. this. We're telling yes. ourselves thoughts. It's our own stories. Yes. Having that awareness to change, you know, and like not getting up and immediately getting on your phone and looking at emails, you know, taking the time to wake up slowly. Um, it's, it's not easy and I'm not even good at it at all, but I'm making a conscious effort to stay off of apps before I wake up. I like try to do at least like a like silent meditation or prayer to myself, or if I have headphones near my bed, I I want to get on and like do like a three minute like gratitude meditation in the morning. And I think meditating has been a game changer for me, especially in the last three weeks, because it's insane when you start being aware of your thoughts, how often you go there yes. to like, oh, I'm tired. Oh my gosh. Like what am I going to do now, you know, that my grandma passed away, like holidays will never look the same again. And, you know, like, it's so easy to let your mind go to those places. But once you become aware, I like, put my devices away, I turn on a meditation. And I'm like, let me just be in my body. And like, not think or even if I do think like, just slow down. Literally what I tell myself when I start feeling anxious and I hope this helps people because it has really helped me and it was from Mel Robbins and she said, when you start feeling anxious, you tell yourself out of my head into my body, like Mm -hmm. get out of your head. Yes. 
Like, and literally you have to have this like internal dialogue with yourself and you have to say like five, four, three, two, one, stop out of my head into my body. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not going there. Or like allow yourself to feel sad or cry if you need to cry and then stop like sulking and self-sabotage and torture. That is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I have, I've done a ton of it in my life because it's, it's, maybe it's easy. It's Um, easy. And and we almost are addicted to that feeling of whatever, you know, stress, or it's like when people are like addicted to toxic relationships or addicted to confrontation, they don't know how to function outside of that. But I mean, obviously we're not to that extreme, but it is, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get to that place because we've done it all our lives. So it's making conscious effort to stop your day. And I mean, if, if it's, if you can do it that easily where it's just like, no, I'm not going to do this. And you, you move on with your day. And if you don't, even if you don't have time, I think just having that awareness of like shifting your thoughts is so helpful. But if you have the time to meditate, like I have this app, it's called balance and um, this is not sponsored, but I hope one day it is. <laughs> it's, it's a meditation app and it literally has a meditation. Like when you're walking, um, it has like a gratitude one. It has a sleep one. It has um, um, one for the morning. It has like all these different categories and you can literally do it for three minutes. So it doesn't have to be this like long drawn out thing, mm-hmm. but it is guided. And it just gives you a moment to yourself to get back into your body and back into yourself. And then like, you can go back out in the world and like be okay. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to spiral. And I think that doing, having the practice of meditation regularly in my life I mean as difficult as it may be to stop your day and physically remove yourself and do it it's just been so helpful and I can't say enough about it and even if you're on your walk you know that's the only time you have like to you meditate. guys it's three minutes you can literally go into a staircase at your work and sit on a stairwell for three minutes yeah it, it will if, change if, your day totally and I think It totally will. And I think it's just becoming more conscious and like coming back to yourself. We're so influenced by external factors every minute of every single day. And when you can just come back to yourself, I think that is so important for making yourself feel okay and in control and in your power. Um, And just like getting closer to, you know, like knowing yourself and what you need in those moments. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, it is. I mean, this, this journey. Yeah. It's, it's a wild ride. Crazy little thing called life. It is, but we got to survive it. We got to thrive through it. Well, I think that that was an amazing conversation. Um, And I think that we're, we should think about talking through what brings us our joy and wrap up this one. Um, so Britt, do you want to start and let us know what, what is bringing you joy right now? Sure. (laughs) It's kind of an, an interesting question to think about because I have been experienced so much, been experiencing so much grief and sadness the past couple of weeks. But like I said, I was able to find a lot of joy in remembering my grandmother's life and, seeing those happy moments throughout her life and who she was and just remembering, you know, the strong woman that she was and the things that she instilled in me and who she raised me to be and how I can carry that on. That's brought me a lot of joy. And then also just the closeness with my sister throughout this process 
really being able to rely on each other has brought me a lot of joy. And I'm just so thankful that I have her through this because I know a lot of people go through these experiences alone. And, you know, that just like hurts my heart because I could not imagine having my sister. Um, those two things. And then the last piece is like, I say this all the time, or I've said it before. I know that for sure is my support system and the people who choose to be a part of my life, who choose to pour into me, who choose to care about me, who know my heart and have been through so many of life's good, but especially bad times with me. And, you know, it's, it's always on full display and and I'm, I'm forever just grateful that I have the group of people in my life that I do because I I just don't know how I would survive it without support. Yeah. So takes a village. It does. We have our yeah. tribe of human beings and it's important to keep them close. Absolutely. We can't do it alone. So definitely thankful for that and yeah. Where are you finding your joy, Julia? Um, I'm finding my joy 1000% in my female friendships right now. I don't know what the universe like shifted from my birthday through like where I am today, but so many female humans in my life have just shown up for me in like so many different ways. And it's been like just the most truly the most fulfilling thing ever. Um, like I've reconnected with girlfriends that I went to elementary school with that one of them I went to elementary school with one of them I've known since middle school. So like really long tenured friends and, you know, the ones where you don't talk, but you, you know, follow them on social media and you kind of feel like you're a part of their life. And one of them called me and we just had this great conversation. We feels like we've never skipped a beat. And the next day, someone else called me and same thing happened. So these relationships are kind of reappearing in my life. And it's just really makes me so happy. So that brings me a lot of joy. Um, I booked a trip back to New Mexico in July to be with my family, my mom and my stepdad and my brother and my niece and my sister-in-law. So that I'm just like, that gets me really excited. I always love having something to look forward to. And so I'm excited about that. That's bringing me joy right now. Just the anticipation of that love. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so good to be back home in New Mexico. I will say that like every time I go back, I am just so thankful to be there because it is home, you know? And I think the privilege of having your entire family in one place is just like super important take lots of pictures and enjoy each other because you're coming life is fleeting. And yes, hopefully I can join in on the, sh- the Shalon family for shenanigans. <laughs> yes. I'm going to just insert myself, but yeah. And I haven't been to Santa Fe in forever, so I'll be super excited if I get to go. I know. And like, I, the last time I was in Santa Fe was right before I moved to California and I was literally there for, I think a day or a night or something crazy. And it was just, I was rushed and I want to go to Santa Fe and like just relax. And that's like the whole purpose of this trip is to really just go and enjoy Santa Fe. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to go be with my family. It's going to be so fun. I'm so happy for you. That's going to be really good. Um, 
So yeah, well, I think that wraps it up for us here. I just want to say thank you to Julia for facilitating this conversation and for all of you for providing this space for me to grieve in real life and share my thoughts and share my heart. I really appreciate it. And it's not always easy, but this outlet for me is so healing. So I hope that it is for you all in some way also. Great. I completely agree. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.